thank you so much for the Bible. I thank you for its diversity. I thank you for its teaching. I thank you that it's trustworthy and true because you have inspired it and given it to us as your word to us. And so, Lord, I pray that by your spirit you would open it up to us today. And I pray as well that your Holy Spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people uh, boldly and faithfully through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In uh, the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. <clears throat> are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every tree, healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. And then to Luke chapter 6. Start with verse 43. Jesus is teaching here in a different context. Uh, he says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks." And God bless to us these readings from his holy word. So finally, it is upon us. Something that we've all waited breathlessly for the last six weeks. Something that we've prayed about. Something that some people may have been longing for. I don't know. But as you know, I think it's this Tuesday. We will have a new prime minister. The, the vote will be counted, and we will understand who will be the next leader of the government for how long or what's going to happen. You know, we have no idea, but we will know this coming week. I think that's part of the reason why I'm fleeing to Scotland, uh, so I can be as far away from it in the British Isles as just about humanly possible, because uh, God only knows what's going to happen, but I, I, I look... And, you know, we pray for our government, and, uh, and I love the fact that we live in, in a democracy, in this case a parliamentary democracy, and I, I thank God for our freedoms, and I thank God for our government, but I've been looking at this the last, you know, what, year or two years, and it's like, it's a mess. It is a mess. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the Brexit question you're on, it's just kind of a mess. And the challenge is, when we're in a situation like this, how do we discern who is going to be a good leader? How do we know? Because we are looking for a leader right now. Uh, I'm sure that the members of the Conservative Party have not been listening to my sermons. Uh, but uh, maybe they should have. I don't know. Uh, but uh, everywhere in life, we're always looking for leaders. Uh, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in the church, uh, whether it's in government, uh, whether it's in schools, education, health care, we look for leaders, and we need leaders. 
Our, our country needs leaders. Our churches need leaders. Uh, certainly, our nation needs leaders right now uh, for such a time as this. We desperately need leaders. But what I see all around us is we have no grid by under, to understand how we're going to choose a leader. We look for leaders, but we don't have a framework, uh, a basis on which to evaluate whether a person is the kind of leader that we want. And consequently, too often, leaders are those who say the most popular sound bites, who have the best appearance, maybe who can uh, have the best sense of humor, who has, have the best charisma, but not in a charismatic biblical sense, uh, charisma in the sense of uh, attracting people and drawing people and being appealing to people. And we make our decisions on these bases, but throughout the Bible, the Bible warns us that if we make decisions on these bases, we'll always come up with the wrong decision. Because these are not the things that determine whether or not somebody will be a leader that will lead us toward the beneficial outcomes that we all desire. So in this series, each week, I've been looking at different qualities, and if you miss any of them, you can download them online, you can find them and to look at them, because I think that they're all important qualities. And this week, I've ended with, I'm ending with one that oftentimes we start with, but I think it's always a mistake to start with this. Many times when we look for a leader, we say, you know, who's got the most money? Who gets the best results? Who gets the best outcomes? And many times we, we base our leadership evaluation on what we perceive that they have done. But so often, if we base our evaluations just on, or at first on the perception of what they've done, it can lead us astray. I mean, for example, you can look at one of my favorite examples of bad leadership, Adolf Hitler. Why did people choose Hitler? Because he looked like he was getting things done. And at first he did get things done, but unfortunately he got a war done and murdered six million Jews and so on and so on. We know the story. And so if we start by looking at accomplishments and things like that, then we will make a mistake in many cases. You know, leaders will get accomplishments, but great leaders historically have often been people who have failed, who at first didn't get the right accomplishments, and then went on to become some of the most influential leaders in the world. And if you want a great example of that from the same time period uh, of Hitler, you can look at Winston Churchill. A few years ago, Winston Churchill was voted to be the greatest Briton, but Winston Churchill's success didn't happen until later in life. By all accounts, earlier in his life, Winston Churchill failed in many ways. Uh, in fact, uh, some of the evidence suggests that maybe Winston Churchill was initially put into uh, uh, contention for uh, being prime minister because everybody expected that he would still fail. And then finally they would shut him up and he went on to be what many people call the greatest Britain. So we have to be careful if we start with outcomes because that might lead us astray. And we also have to be careful because if we start just with outcomes, we will miss some of the nuances of what the Bible calls fruit. Jesus says here in both of these passages that you will know them by their fruit. 
You will know them. You will understand who they are by their fruit. And if you're looking for a leader, you're looking for people. You're looking for their fruit. You're looking for their fruit. But the fruit here that Jesus is talking about is not always what we would call accomplishments. It's not always the, the, the things that they have gotten done, but it is the outgrowth of who they are as a human being. We can't see inside of people, but we can see what comes out of people, what people produce in their lives, and by that is what Jesus means fruit. In the, in the passage from Matthew chapter 7, and each one, as you'll see here, is slightly different. He starts by telling the people, beware of false prophets. Now, the false prophets were effectively false leaders that were going to come in and try to lead people, try to tell people, this is the way to find God. This is what God wants you to do. Um, you know, this, this is God's way. Uh, and so there were people who were trying to be leaders. You know, you could say there uh, in the same way, beware of false leaders. Now, the false leaders who come to you in sheep's clothing. So in other words, if you look on the outside, the false leader looks exactly like anybody else. Sometimes the false leader might even look better than other people, might be more attractive than other people, might be better speakers than other people. And so Jesus says that these are going to come to you uh, in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there's something else going on. Inwardly they're like ravenous wolves. In other words, inwardly they want something other than your good. They want something other than your good. We don't know exactly what it is. Sometimes they want your money. Sometimes they want your loyalty. Sometimes they, they just want your attention. Uh, they, it, what they want can be a great diversity of things. But the point here is they're not wanting what's good for you. They're wanting what's good for them. They're wanting what uh, they think will, be, will benefit themselves, not what is going to benefit people. And so we have to be careful. Uh, so... How do we discern this? Well, he says you can look at the fruit. Because in this case, every healthy tree will bear good fruit. Notice he doesn't say every good tree in this context. He says every healthy tree. So in this context, he's looking at the health in the person. Is the person healthy? Do they have all of the other characteristics we've talked about these last six weeks, things like integrity, things like humility. Do they have these characteristics? Because these characteristics are what determine whether or not the leader or the tree is healthy. And if the leader, if the tree is healthy on the inside, if they're a healthy person with integrity, if they're a healthy person who's looking after the good for other people, if they're a healthy person then what they will produce will be beneficial for all people. If they're healthy, what they will produce in their lives will be beneficial for all people. But if they're diseased, if something is wrong on the inside, no matter how good they look on the outside, they will not be able to produce something good. And so we have to be very careful to discern this. 
Are they healthy or are they diseased? Now, again, you can't look on the inside. You cannot see initially whether a person has integrity. You can't see initially whether somebody is humble. You can't see these things immediately, but you can look for the fruit. You can look for what they are producing in their lives. So how do they treat their wives or their husbands? How do they treat their children? How do they do their job? Do they do their job with excellence? Do they really give it 100%? Do they, are they really looking after other people or do they seem to be focusing on themselves all the time? This is not about the outcome because some very selfish people, some very proud people can build big companies. They can seem to produce really great outcomes but when you look at their lives, their lives are strewn with failed marriages and, and children on drugs and, and lost opportunities and people who've lost millions, who have lost their homes, who've lost their families and all kinds of debris and problems in their life. And you can know, wait, they might have gotten results, but what the fruit of their lives has been fundamentally unhealthy. And the good news is we can look, we can see these things and we can inquire about these things with our leaders to discern what is the produce of the way they live. What is the product of the way they live? Is the product of the way they live something that is healthy, something that benefits other people? Or is the product of the way they live something that is unhealthy, that is bad, that is rotten, that doesn't benefit other people? In this case, Jesus, you will know them by their fruit. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is teaching. And just like every good teacher, and a lot of times people struggle, uh, some, some scholars will struggle with the Bible because they'll read a passage like Matthew 17, and they'll read a passage like Luke chapter 6, and they'll say, well, one of them must be wrong, you know, because the setting of, of Matthew 17 is this Sermon on the Mount, uh, the setting of Luke chapter 6 uh, is completely different. Uh, it might be uh, the sermon on a plane uh, is often what this is referred to. And so, you know, there's got to be error there because one says on a mountain, one says on a plane. Well, the last I checked, Israel, ancient Israel, has mountains and has plains. Uh, and the last I checked, Jesus traveled around and no traveling teacher that I've ever met teaches something different every single place they go. I mean, they all use the same stories. Uh, you know, come on. We all use the, all the teachers use the same jokes. I mean, most of the time here at City Temple, I've been here 18 years, so I've been here long enough that people normally forget the joke that I've told earlier so that they laugh at it again. Uh, so this is not a problem in terms of our interpretation. Jesus uses similar stories and similar illustrations to teach slightly different things. And that happens throughout the New Testament or throughout the Gospels. And so never let somebody bring you down with some kind of criticism like this uh, because it's wrong. But in this, he's got another sermon. And here, notice he says, no good tree bears bad fruit. Again, does a bad tree bear good fruit? For each is known by its own fruit. So in this case, it's not something between healthy and diseased. 
the fruit is kind of different. It, it is something that is visible and quite obvious because he goes on to say, each, known by, each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorn bushes nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. Okay? So in this case, it's a, the fruit is manifesting in a different way. It's something that is obvious. It's something that comes forth rather clearly and rather obviously. And this aspect of fruit is a way that we recognize, uh, that we can recognize a, a, a leader here. So the, how do we understand this? Verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So the fruit in this situation is the fruit of the lips. It is what people are saying, how they talk, when you listen to them. What is the fruit of their speech? Do they speak in a way that builds people up, or do they speak in a way that tears people down? Do they speak in a way that's positive, or do they speak in a way that's negative? Do they speak in a way that gives hope and optimism, or do they speak in a way that makes people feel hopeless and pessimistic? How do they talk about other people? Are they gracious in their words when they speak about their opponents? Or are they harsh in their words when they speak about their opponents? You see, Jesus is saying here that you will know a leader by what comes out of their mouth by evaluating whether it's something good or something bad, something good or something evil. And so we need to listen how people speak. And so in order to recognize fruit, and as we look for a leader, we need to look first for the produce of their lives and their relationships especially, and we need to look second for the produce of their lips. And in this way, not in terms of their accomplishments, but in this way, we look for fruit. And if we apply the standards we've looked at these last six weeks, and we look for fruit, we will be able to see the leaders that we are to follow. If we look for the fruit, we will be able to know, to discern, whether this is a leader we can trust or whether it's a leader that we must avoid. And we must be discerning because it's more challenging to find leaders today than I think almost any time before. And there's more ways that leaders, false leaders, bad leaders can hide than we've ever seen before. So we must be careful. We must watch out. We must be sure that we look for fruit as we look for our leaders. Because those who are bearing good fruit are most likely to lead us in accordance with God's will. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you. Jesus, thank you for setting the example of what good leadership is all about. Thank you that we see you and we see a good leader. And by your example, we can evaluate leadership. Help us to do this, not only us ourselves, but even our nation. Help us to be good at picking the right leaders at the right time, in the right place. 
We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you do intend good for our nation. And so, Lord, we pray for whoever is to become our next prime minister, that you would help him to serve well and to be excellent in every way, to produce good fruit, both from the way he lives his life and the way he speaks. We love you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen.